0: Dear fellow redeemed, we consider especially our reading from the book of Acts chapter 1. And as we begin, it's this question that when we talk about the Ascension, we understand the other four major festivals of the church year, but the Ascension just feels a little bit different. We understand Christmas, the birth of the Son of God, who also happens to be the son of Mary. We understand understand epiphany when the wise men come and the the revelation of the Savior to the Gentiles as well. And Easter is pretty simple. (laughs) Jesus rose from the dead to guarantee forgiveness. And that historical fact makes Christianity different from every other religion, faith, and idea that this world has ever seen. Because that resurrection of Jesus from the dead is your ticket, your proof, that your Lord has forgiven you. And in a couple of weeks, on June 5th, when we celebrate Pentecost, well, Pentecost is pretty simple, exactly what Jesus had promised. That he would send the Holy Spirit to encourage, to comfort, and to really um, give his church a jump start. But number four of those five... Ascension. Ascension. When Jesus takes his disciples out to this this mountain, um, maybe the Mount of Olives is what it sounds like. He goes out to this mountain, just a short days, half days walk, not even, from Jerusalem itself. One of the hills surrounding Jerusalem. And there he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. And then he visibly ascends until a cloud hides him from their sight. And you might say to yourself, well, what is the point? Why does ascension matter? Jesus has done all his work, I get it, and he's, he's risen from the dead, I get it, and he's spent some time with his disciples, um, exactly as we hear at the end of the Gospel of John. But then why does he visibly ascend? I mean, he's, he's, he's still God. Just go back to doing your God thing, Right? That question of why. It's actually a question that's here in our reading today. It's the first question that the disciples have for Jesus. And yes, they phrase it in terms of, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They raise it as a question of when. When are you going to bring the glory back to where it belongs? But lurking behind that is the question of why. If not today, why not? That question of why, the exact same question that the angels would, um, would speak to those disciples. Why are you still here? Why are you standing on top of this mountain staring up at the sky in what seems to be like the only instance in all of scripture where the believers aren't terrified out of their minds? Having angels appear right there? Like every other time when angels appear, whether it's, whether it's Christmas, whether it's um, sometime in the Old Testament, whether it's Easter Sunday, the first words that the angels say, Do not be afraid. And here, they had just seen Jesus visibly ascend into heaven, like, like a little child's balloon that got lost at the fair. And the angels don't have to say, Don't be afraid. They just say, why? The question of why. A question that, that really gets us into the idea of, first and foremost, what is God's church? What is the work of God's church? What is the work of, of his Christian people here on earth? Because it's the same question that the disciples had. And the same question that presents itself to us again. Why did Jesus ascend? And why did he do so visibly? Because you could think of all sorts of reasons why it would be nice to have Jesus here visibly. We could think of all sorts of reasons from the people who are sick and in need of healing, to the people who are hungry and in need of food, you can think of reasons why it would be nice to have Jesus here. Well, if he was, if he was our synod president, he'd for sure be able to, to organize our congregations and make sure that we have the exact right solution and the exact right answer for all the exact circumstances that our churches have to deal with. That if Jesus were here visibly, well, certainly, certainly he could even serve as, as an advisor to the government that he has put into place. He would be able to give them some advice on how to deal with um, this world of sin and death and pain. Think of all the good that he could accomplish if you had Jesus himself in your pulpit one day out of the year instead of Pastor Hagen. Think of the the potluck that he could host afterward, whether just fishes and loaves or maybe something a little bit more, like fried chicken from Kroger, which is fantastic, by the way. but it's still that question of why why did jesus ascend especially especially when from our human perception it looks like he could have done more by staying here and i guess the first answer the first answer is um is right here in our text he is with them and he says well it's not for you to know the times or the seasons But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. We know that part. But you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the ends of the earth. That Jesus ascends visibly, first of all, as a point of comfort for his disciples. That Jesus would be just as much with them as he is with us today. But when we talk about the ascension of Jesus... um, I guess the most precise way of talking about it is that Jesus withdrew his visible presence. Jesus withdrew his visible presence so that you and I can both be confident that this Jesus is still man as well as God. That this Jesus, from the moment he took on our humanity, um, you know, nine months before Christmas, from the moment he became a human, he never gave up that human nature. He never gives up that human nature. And yet, in this person of Jesus, both the divine and the human are inseparably joined. And when Jesus ascends, he ascends visibly as comfort to his disciples, And even a lot of our ascension hymns speak this way, that Jesus ascends visibly as comfort as the one who ascended before we ascend. That the one who has entered heaven as a human, not just as God, but also as human, is the one who has paved the way before us. That he ascended visibly so that his disciples would see him go, and first of all, they wouldn't be looking for him everywhere else. But then secondly, they would have the comfort that this is the one who still has all authority and power in heaven and on earth. And he ascends visibly so that they see the power of the message that he has entrusted to them. The power of the message that that heaven stands open to people. And the best example you could have is a person just entered heaven. He ascends visibly for comfort to his believers. Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus doesn't answer that. He says, well, it's not for you to know the times and dates. Don't concern yourself with that. Rather, concern yourself with your task, that you will be my witnesses. A witness. Not a lawyer trying to argue somebody into into faith. Not the person who stays at home when the trial is going on but the person who is called to the witness stand to simply say and state what they have seen and that is the task he has entrusted to us and he ascends visibly so that you and I can have the comfort that he will be with us that he is just as much with his people today as he was when he was walking through the Judean dirt with his disciples I think we have to talk about that just, to, just, just briefly we talked about it in our Friday Bible class uh, last week, because it gets into the question of the Lord's Supper and the person and work of Jesus. And the question was, well, you know, Pastor Hagen, after the resurrection, Jesus just went back to being God, right? And I said, no. No. In his, in his resurrection, he came back from the dead with both body and soul. <laughs> he still has a human body, remember? He ate and he drank with the disciples and he said, See my hands and see my side, it is I myself. And then when he ascended into heaven, he still retains that human nature. He still has a body in a glorified way, but he still has his body. And so when Jesus makes promises like, Take and eat, this is my body. Take and eat, this is my blood. By virtue of his promise, he continues to be there exactly as he said. And each person who comes to the Lord's table receives by mouth exactly what Jesus promised. His own body and his own blood as a physical, real thing. Not as some far-off concept In simply remembering our Lord but as the reality that each person by mouth receives the exact same thing Christ's body hidden in with and under that bread and his blood hidden in with and under that wine and Jesus ascends visibly yes to reassert that fact that he still has this human nature and he still guides and guards and protects his church but you'll notice then he gives them a command before he ascends. He says, Don't concern yourself so much with the politics of this world. Concern yourself with the the task of God's church. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. And then he ascends, and the angels show up, and and it's almost almost laughable. Guys, what are you doing here? Why are you standing here looking up at the sky? Perhaps they're so dumbfounded they don't even realize what they're doing, just staring at the sky waiting for Jesus to come back. But the angels speak to them to remind them, Why are you here? There's work to do in this world. Why do you stand here staring up at the sky? Didn't you hear what Jesus had said that he would would make you his witnesses? And oh, by the way, that this same Jesus will come back in the exact same way that you had seen him go. That just as Jesus had ascended visibly, body and soul, true man, true God, so also Jesus would descend visibly, body and soul, true man, true God, at that last day of judgment. And here we are in between. And the angels say... With their question, why are you here? Men of Galilee, why are you looking up into the sky? And I guess that's the question at the heart of the matter. Because of all the questions of why did Jesus ascend, and what would he have us do, the question most of all is, Why are we here? Not men of Galilee, maybe people of Toledo. (laughs) Why are you here? I think the the first answer is, well, obviously Jesus wants to keep you here for a while. But Jesus has a job for us to do. That Jesus has a job for us to do that it doesn't involve much else than simply being his witnesses that's really it (laughs) why are you here to celebrate that jesus is still with his church exactly as he said that jesus is still distributing his gifts of forgiveness and life and salvation exactly as he said that jesus has still promised to bring other human beings into heaven exactly as he did that jesus still guards guides protects and enables his church to be witnesses exactly as he said and it's simple enough and it's easy enough to lose sight of that fact it's simple enough and easy enough to get distracted by the concerns of the world around us and you know for me personally serving as vacancy pastor at our sister church it would be simple enough to get caught up in all the tiny little details rather than see the big picture of why are we here we are here <laughs> Because there at that baptismal font, this Jesus brought you into his spiritual family. That there at that baptismal font, Jesus washed away your sin. And here at his table, this Jesus, the same Jesus who ascended into heaven, gives you himself for the forgiveness of sins. Why are you here? So that you and I can stand together under the cross of Jesus, well, here literally. Literally but also as a spiritual reality. To have our sins washed away. That you and I can gather here together around the table. Yes, literally, but also spiritually. To receive the same blessing and to celebrate the same forgiveness. To celebrate that this truth and this reality that Jesus distributes here in his supper is really the, <laughs> the medicine of eternal life. That here in his supper, Jesus says, This is why you're here. Because God himself has made himself a human also. That the Son of God has joined himself to our humanity. And that he ascended into heaven with his human nature as a true human. And even today, the only thing man made in heaven are those scars in his hands and on his head. But this Jesus has promised... That he will be with his disciples here on earth to enable them to serve as his witnesses. And this Jesus ascended visibly so that you can have all the confidence in the world that this Jesus completed everything for you and for me, that there's nothing left for him to do, that there's no sin left to be paid for, that he has already given his church all of the tools that we need in order to extend the ruling activity of Christ. Why are we here? It's exactly what Jesus said to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, even as far as Toledo, (laughs) which some might say is the end of the earth. I wouldn't say that. I really like it here. (laughs) And I guess the only lingering question is how? We know why. And we know what. We know why we are here that Jesus wants you here to serve as his witness to serve as a witness to your fellow Christians that we can witness to the truth and the reality of the resurrection in times of sorrow and times of joy to serve as his witness as Jesus baptizes babies into his family and washes them in holy baptism for the forgiveness of sins why are we here to gather around the Lord's table and to celebrate that this Jesus is still with his people exactly as he said. And we know the what. That content of our message. That Jesus has completed all of his work so that your sin is forgiven simply by virtue of the fact that the Son of God shares your humanity and not because of how you feel about the matter. We know the why. We know the what. The only question is how. That's kind of the fun part pastorally, I would say, but it's actually not too different from everything else that we've talked about. How do we serve as witnesses to Jesus? Well, we look at his word. We discuss like Romans chapter 6, like we do in our Bible class today. How do we serve as his witnesses? In a few weeks, um, over the summer, we'll talk a little bit more about our small groups. I know that's something that I need to get back to, and <laughs> we'll get that going properly. Yeah. How do we serve as his witnesses? By, by carrying out ministry and all the activities of our church together as a holistic thing. That we don't want to necessarily divide everything up into a committee for this and a subcommittee for that. rather to say, if we're going to do it as a church, then it matters for us to do as a church. And if we're going to do this thing as a church, you know, such as host a uh, a potluck or something like that, then it's a worthwhile activity and time for us to um, serve as a witness to our friends or neighbors. In an easy way to say, well, I know you might not necessarily like coming to church, or you haven't been to church in a while, but come anyway, and we'll feed you afterward, and... And there at church, you'll meet this Jesus. And then afterward, when we all sit down for a meal together, you'll meet some of the most loving and wonderful people in the world. That when we talk about the work of the church, it's, it's a holistic thing where pretty much every event that we have and every event that we host is something that you can invite a friend or a family member to. But it's also an optimistic thing where there's no way that the sky could be falling if Jesus ascended through that sky. That the ministry of God's church needs to be and continues to be an optimistic thing that isn't so concerned about, about the failures or, um, or the changes that we see in the visible congregations around us. But is definitely concerned with the reality of this Jesus who ascended for us. That we work together holistically to say that everything that we do as a church matters because we do it as a church. And so therefore it's an opportunity to serve as a witness. And then we work together optimistically to say that there's reason to be joyful. There's no need to say the sky is falling when Jesus ascended through it. But then most of all, we also work together with excellence. I guess that's the last part of this, how do we serve as witnesses? We could spend years designing the the perfect event. We could spend years assembling the music and getting the sermon just right and just short enough. (laughs) And it still wouldn't be excellent enough for our Lord. but that wouldn't really serve as witness. Rather, we as a congregation take on events that happen over the course of the year, and enough, so not so many that we get burnt out, but enough that we can provide a, an ongoing witness to the community around us, and enough that we can invest the time and energy to make sure that, that these events come together in an excellent way. That even when an outsider walks in off the street and, and they encounter our congregation, And they can say, you know what, this congregation really put their heart and their mind to work in putting together an excellent activity. And from an outsider's perspective, that excellence, whether it's in worship, whether it's in, yeah, the fried chicken we get, um, or our VBS, or you name it. That excellence is our attempt to reflect the worth of our Lord. Why? Why? Because Jesus ascended so that he can be with all of his church invisibly. Jesus withdrew his visible presence in order to enable his Christians to serve as witnesses. Jesus ascended and now makes himself present even in the Lord's Supper so that you can be encouraged with this truth. That you and I can have all the joy in the world that we can um, carry out ministry in an excellent way with, um, with optimism and with, with joy. Because this Jesus is still a man. This Jesus, in his ascension, proved that heaven is open to humans. And in his withdrawing of his visible presence, he proved that he continues to encourage his people. And so that question, (laughs) the disciples aren't terrified when the angels show up. They're just looking around, like, staring at the sky. Oh, there's an angel here. (laughs) I guess they're talking to us. People of Toledo, why do you stand here looking up at the sky? You've been made a witness to this same Jesus, who's been taken up from you into heaven, and oh, by the way, one of, these, one of these days, he's going to be returning in the exact same way that you saw him go into heaven, body and soul. Until then, we are his witnesses. Amen.